sit. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try that sitting thing and see if I can't, can't sit here. Brian, when they were ministering to you, I just I heard the Lord say that uh, you've done well to set your mind on me. And uh, many people don't know how to set their mind on me, but I've given you a grace. It's a gift from me uh, to set your mind on me. And you're going to help many people set their mind on me uh, for the source of prosperity is me. Whether it's spirit, soul or physical, it's putting me in the center of all things. And you have uh, exhibited a lifestyle and a path of setting your mind on me. So I'm pleased as your father to say, son, I'm pleased with who you are. And you're going to help many people be activated to set their minds on me. It's not something that's mystical. It's something that's very tangible, very real, very attainable, and fills every moment of the day. All right? Amen. Yep. That's some of what he's got to give. If you ever get around Brian, you're going to set your mind on the Lord. I'll just tell you that right now. It's a very, very true thing. A uh, couple things stirring. You know, I released that prophecy. Some things were, some juices were stirring in me. I'm, I'm going to get to my message in a moment. <laughs> but I like to listen for little prophetic things. Pastor Jonathan said a prophetic thing that maybe you don't pick up on. We're, we're in a place of grace on planet Earth where the, there's a grace called the spirit of knowing that's been working for about 22 years on planet. I'm just saying that prophetically and apostolically. That whether we realize it or not, God wants a community, a come to unity, a communion, come to union. He wants a family. He wants the people of God. And the, the sixth grace is marked by a sixth weapon of war. It's called the sword of the spirit. Now, the sword of the spirit is not your Bible. It's not the logos word. It's the rhema word. It's not, it's, the Bible's true. It's a shadow of truth. It's a shadow of Jesus. But God doesn't want us just to have the Bible, and he doesn't want us to throw it away. He wants us to understand that that should be a shadow of us. The things that you find, the principles, patterns, and values, the, the character, the nature, the way, the power and the authority of God should be in who we are. But Jonathan said something about being that sword, being the expression of God. It's a two-edged sword. That is the love of God, the love of people that God wants to express through us. So we're in a time of becoming the sharp swords of the Lord, the word of the Lord. God speaking through us. He's the word, we're the voice. He's the notes, we're the song. He's the rhythm, we're the dance to be expressions of him. I felt very stirred to prophesy today, reminding us that this is a season God said that we would be the rudder, the underwater part of the ship, that we would be submerged in him and he would cause us to be shaped by him, that who we are determines where we go. Not knowing what to do, that doesn't determine where you go. You can know what to do, but if you don't know who you are and you try to do it, it's not going to work. But if you find out who you are, pretty soon you'll know what to do because there'll be like maybe 50 options. The will of God is who you are, not what you do. But when you, you make a great you, a terrible somebody else, God wants us to be submerged in him. That's what makes us a rudder on the ship. And uh, I felt very strongly today that God was saying that many people have thought this is a season of anchors, not a season of rudders. 
Okay, if you're looking for things of news and you're looking from the outside in, you're going to find wrong news. If you're looking to get your identity in something that comes to you from the outside in, you're going to be disappointed. You had a great demonstration of the vulnerability of Pastor Danny sharing that she was honest and said, I went to this as my source and that's not my source. And so I don't want that. I'm, I renounce that. I don't need that as an anchor. I'm using the word anchor here. That's not an anchor to my life. That's not something that identifies me. That's not, that's not a need meter. <laughs> and so God is cutting those things off. But there's a scripture in Mark chapter 16, verse 16. It says there's certain things that follow those who believe. And you got to kind of look in the, in the mystery of scripture to, to catch it. Because there's one that says they'll, they'll take up serpents and they'll by no means harm them. Actually, in the older Greek manuscripts, the, they'll, they'll take up in their hands is not in the scripture. But they'll take up serpents, take up serpents. And it, the Greek word to take up there actually means to, to cause to lift anchor. It, and it's, a, and it's a, to, actually to weigh, to lift anchor and weigh sail. Serpents are things that deceive. There's lots of things right now that deceive people. I've got some deception in my life. You want to know what it is? I don't know. It's really deceiving. (laughs) But I know I have some deception in my life. But I know I have a father who loves me more than the power of that deception. So if I choose to let him love me more than I love that deception, then he's going to empower me to be able to speak and that deception will lift anchor and set sail. It's a serpent. I don't need it. Okay? So we're in a season where God wants some things that you've been anchored in to lift anchor and set sail. But it's going to be because you become an expression. So today... I'm talking to you about from the inside out. If you're looking at the world and you're saying, whoa, what's wrong with the world? Let me give you the answer. Would you like to know what's wrong with the world? It's an upside down world. It's upside down. And how did it get upside down? It got upside down because people decided to live from the outside in. I want a family tree that's based on knowing what I'm doing. Give me enough information of good and enough information of evil and I'll make good decisions. Trust me. I got this. I can be smart enough to be a good person, live a good life, and do good things. God doesn't want you to be smart. He wants you to know you're loved. Now, listen, I want you to put your hands on somebody. I want you just to put your hands on somebody or toward somebody. There you go right there. Your name is, is it Lauren? Is it Lindsay? Lindsay, I knew it was the L. You, you put your hands on somebody. Keep your hands on somebody. Lindsay, this is a new season for you. 
This is a season of acceleration for you. It's a season I see you like going through a forest and it's like all bamboo and there's like no, no trail through there. But you got this like this sickle, this machete in your hands and you're beginning to cut a trail through you. You're beginning to cut a trail through and you're proving that nothing is impossible because what looks impossible in front of you, all it is is a bunch of bamboo shoots, a bunch of bamboo trees and they cut down real easy. And you're going to blaze a trail that's going to empower others to be trailblazers. You're not making other, a path that other people can walk on. You're showing other people that there can be a path made because of Christ in you. And so there's going to be an acceleration in your life. And I see you just many people getting accelerated because of you getting accelerated because you've got this. You've got this in your hand. What you hold in your hand now is the sharpness of the Lord. And you can make a trail anywhere you need to make it because there's nothing that's impossible for God in your life. And God's just not re- he's not just restoring things. He's taking you into new discoveries and new places. And this is going to be an exciting season of acceleration for you, acceleration for others and others. Other people are going to also get in their hand the sharpness of who they are, and they're going to be able to cut their way through what looks like a jungle and get out of that mess because it's easy to cut down. Okay? All right. Now, you got your hands towards somebody. I want you to say, now, discern who's next to you, whether it's a guy or a girl. Got it? Okay. Just guess. I'm I'm being careful here, but I want you to to make it. I I want you in, in the Bible, the term him is for inheritance, the perm, her is for being loved. And so I'm a her. He loves me, but I'm a him. I'm part of his inheritance. Okay. I'm part of the bride of Christ. Yes, I am. And I'm also a son of God. It's neither male nor female. God is both male and female. Okay. Got it. All right. But I want you to, to just say that you're my, this is my son. This is my daughter in whom I'm well pleased. I want you to say it to somebody. This is my son. This is my son. I'm really pleased with him. This is my son. I'm really pleased with him. This is my daughter. I'm really pleased with him. Now, I want you to say it in the tense of you're the voice of God. You're my son, Eric, and I'm really pleased with you. You're my daughter, Danny, and I'm really pleased with you. You're my son, Jonathan. I'm really pleased with you. Okay. You saying that to somebody? Okay. Did you get that? Did you get that in your spirit? Okay. Now, that is the foundation. Listen to me now. This, that is the foundation for the rest of your life. Every song you sing, every thought you think, every action you take, every petition you make of God, every prayer you put in its direction, the foundation is I'm speaking to the one who's really pleased with me has nothing to do with anything that you've done or anything that you're going to do it has to do with what he has done he has he has caused you to become truth an expression of your heavenly father so he's really pleased with you so i'm trying to plant that in your spirit right now that if there's anything else if, if you don't hear anything else for the rest of the meeting today if you went out of here and you lived your life, you begin to live your life, you, you wake up in the morning and you begin to, to think that. See, I practically, I woke up this morning, I put on my running gear and my running shoes, I went outside and I ran six miles, and during my six miles I prayed, 
I spoke and prayed in the spirit. I prayed. I said some things. But the foundation of everything I did this morning from the moment I woke up was I am a son of God. He's very pleased with me. Okay. Now, I've had to do a whole lot of adjustments in the last few years in what I do. Normally, normally in a... Well, since I transitioned the church, God transitioned the church to Jonathan and Danny 11 years ago, a little over 11 years ago. Okay, that put me on the journey of, of being out. And so typically I would travel 200,000 miles a year. That's a lot of miles. That's in an airplane. That wasn't car. That was just airplane miles, 200,000. Okay. And I was away from home 60% of the time. Okay. Typical. Now, that's when I'm away. But then when I'm home... I start, I start writing usually in the morning and I usually quit. I do it in pieces, but I do, I usually quit at night. <laughs> and sometimes I even wake up in the middle of the night and do something. Okay. So I'm always communing with God is just my way. Okay. Now in the last few years, all of that changed, but it didn't change who I am. The wonderful thing is we went through 2020. Bonnie and I were together 100% of the time. <gasps> and we, we actually, li- I think we like each other. I think we, I'm pretty sure we do. I like her. I don't think she likes me. It was, it was quite, quite fun. Okay. And, and we, uh, we had to adjust. We didn't change who we are, but it further manifested who we are. Okay, and I've had to make changes like that. Even now, I'm, I'm traveling again, but even travel is adjustable. I've gone into places to go to a church, and then they all get COVID, and I have to go to that church. Okay, I've managed not to get stuck in any country. Thank you, Jesus. Um, I haven't even man- I managed to not even be just stuck in America. I'm 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 movable. <laughs> so. I've managed to adjust, but I'm not adjusting who I am. I'm only adjusting what I'm doing because I know and I increasingly know who I am. Right? Now, I'm, gonna, I'm talking to you about the inside out because the secret to my path is the secret to your path. Paul is a spiritual father. He told his spiritual children, imitate me, imitate me. Copy me. Follow me as I follow Christ. Don't imitate me in the flesh. Don't imitate what I would do in my bad moment in the day. But imitate me in my path of life, in my course of life. Do what you do the way I do what I do. He said that as a spiritual father. So I'm challenging you today. I'm speaking to you in this house and online. (laughs) about learning to live from the inside out. Living from the inside out. So that your upside down world becomes right side up. And don't point the finger to an upside down world and condemn it. It's upside down, for goodness sakes. I mean, you're in an upside down ship. That's what Danny says. That's the upside down ark. Look, at we're the upside down fellowship. You're upside down. Maybe God's reminding you. Maybe that's really 
that's really right side up because the bottom of that ship is in heaven. The bottom of your life should be in heaven so that the upper part of your life becomes heavenly. But in the world, people live on an information. Tell me from the outside in. Okay, now, let's get into some scripture here because I don't have a whole lot of time. Okay, in 1 John chapter 5, John is addressing, John was the longest living of the apostles. And uh, he died of old age because he was boiled in oil and he didn't die. Man, he must have been a pretty picture. Can you imagine being boiled in oil and the marks that would leave on your body? And he didn't die. He died of old age. So you say, oh, it would be nice to die of old age. I I bet you when he was boiled in oil, he probably wished he died. (laughs) I mean, I can imagine the recovery process on that was probably a little brutal. But he is the the apostle, the sender. Apostle means sent one. To be an apostle is a sending one, someone who sends us forward. How did we move forward as the church from the first century to the second, to the third, to the fourth? There were some senders. We got sent by the authority of God, by the life of God. So Paul was one of those senders. And he wrote the, the most recent letters, ones closest to our side, were written by this guy, John. And in his letters to 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, he's really dealing with an issue that's very basic, that's hugely essential for the 1st century church, the 2nd century church, and the 21st century church. It's hugely essential for today and every day. And he addresses the challenge of antichrist and Christ. And he's not writing about what's going to be in the future. He's saying right now the Antichrist has come to destroy Christ. But it's impossible for Antichrist to destroy Christ. As long as you know what Christ is. Now, we could be classified as a Christian church. Uh, The word church would be a called out assembly for governmental decision in ecclesia to call people out to make governmental decisions. Uh, I wouldn't want to be a called out assembly for governmental decisions with anything other than a governmental decision of God, right? So I would want to be a God church, not a Satan church or a pagan church. Now, we got labeled Christian church. Now, that was a a label that was placed on the first century church because there was enough proof in the first century church that caused them to be accused of being like Christ. You read it in the book of Acts, they got accused of being like Christ. Before that, they said they were the way. Prophetically, God said, you are the way today. I wonder if Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, so that you will manifest as an expression of the way, the truth, and the life. I wonder if you're tossed to and fro in the waves of the sea, if it would just be nice to find somebody who is the way. Somebody who's discovered, not how do I get out of the sea, but how do I survive in this mess? (laughs) 
Where's the way? Where's the truth? Where's the life? In the first century, there was enough evidence of Christ in the believer that they got labeled as being like Christ, and so they took it as a label Christian. Now, when John writes his letters of 1 John and 2 John, he's writing a letter because he's seeing something that's happening already in the first century church that's, that's trouble. And what's happening is they're... They're tempted to miss the point of what is it that makes you accusable of being Christ in you. And they're, they're being tempted. They're, they're becoming something that separates God from them, them from God. And it's going to create a problem where it causes us to need God to come to us from some distant place. I believe it's a I believe it's a doctrine of demons that wants you to believe in the past and believe in the future and miss today. I believe it's a doctrine of demons that lets you be okay with the cross and okay with the return of Jesus as an event but not okay today. So in First John, or First John chapter five, in verse six, there, there is He who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. Not only by water, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit who bears witness, because the Spirit is truth. There are three that bear witness in heaven: the Father, the Word, which is the expression of God, which we know on earth as Jesus. But he wasn't Jesus. He was eternally destined to be Jesus on earth. But in heaven, he wasn't Jesus. He was the Word. But then the Word became flesh, and we called him Jesus. God saves. So in heaven, there's the Word, the Father, the Word, and the Spirit. And there are three that bear witness on earth. The Spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three... Agree, these three agree are one. Now, Jesus came as a human being, not so that you would go to heaven when you die. That's frequent flyer miles. He came so that you would get heaven in you today. You would have eternal life, which is to know God is your father right now, this morning. And to know Jesus Christ the Son right now, this morning, by the fellowship of the Spirit. And then tomorrow, when you show up at work and there's problems, you still know God is your Father. You know Jesus the Son. You have an intimate relationship with the one who cannot die. You have an intimate relationship with the one who cannot die as one who cannot be killed. You have eternal life. You are one who cannot die. You cannot be killed because you already died in Christ. And the life that you now live, you live by faith in Christ. So what is it that caused you to die in Christ? The blood of Jesus Christ justifies you to live as a human being that is a right-side-up human being. You are an upside-down human being. 
living from the outside in, but the blood of Jesus Christ made it so that you can now live from the inside out as a right-side-up human being in an upside-down world. So you're justified by the mercy of God to live. The blood of Jesus Christ justifies you to live. But not only that, you also, the writer of Hebrews says that the veil that was torn was his flesh. Hebrews 9 and Hebrews 10. And you were welcomed into a body, a fellowship, a place of relationship. You were welcomed into the Holy of Holies. Look around the room a moment. You're looking at something that's the Holy of Holies. But you can't discern it from the outside in. This is the Holy of Holies, the most holy place anywhere. The, oh, the angels like, ha, wow, wow. I mean, the angels are in awe of the Holy of Holies. It's the place where right side, right side up people discover the right side up Christ inside of them. And they become influencers of heaven in earthly places to transform the world. They become the place that angels ascend and descend, bringing back stuff to change the environment. I mean, in the beginning, God said, be fruitful, multiply, fill, subdue, and have dominion. And then, and then he said, oh, shoot. Oh, no, that's not in there, is it? Chapter 1, be fruitful, multiply, fill, subdue, and have dominion. Chapter 2, chapter 3, oh, shoot. No. He said to man, male and female, be fruitful, multiply, fill, subdue, and have dominion. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let me say that again. Listen up. Speaking to the upside down world. Ha. God has a plan for male and female to be fruitful, multiply, fill, subdue, and have dominion. And if you don't get this right, you're only going to be fruitful, multiply, and fill until you're so full of what you've been fruitful and multiplied, you can't stand it anymore. But God has made a way to make it so that your fruitfulness, your multiplying and your filling can be a measure of life because to subdue is to destroy death with life and to exercise dominion is to crumble every lie with truth. Subduing has nothing to do with taking. To be fruitful is to give. To multiply is to give. To fill is to give. To subdue is to give. To have dominion is to give. But if you're upside down, what you're going to do is you're going to take your fruitfulness to get, your multiplication to have, your fullness to be, and then you're going to pretend subduing by taking more, and you're going to pretend dominion by destroying what you can. And then you create a mess called an upside-down world. Jesus came to turn our world right side up. So there are three that bear witness. The blood is Jesus Christ. The water is... Hebrew, the writer of Hebrews writes it like this. If you don't forsake the coming together of one another, Hebrews 9, Hebrews 10, he says, you are, you are been sprinkled with the blood of Jesus Christ, Hebrews 9, but then you're also sprinkled with the ashes of the red heifer. That's like Charlie Brown language. Wah, 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 wah. Why would the writer of Hebrews even write that? Because he's writing to people who were smart enough to know what that meant. 
They were Hebrews. Okay, all that meant was in the sacrifice shadow, there was a way of declaring who you are. You would take a perfect heifer, a red heifer. It's not in the Middle East, by the way, just a red heifer. It had no spots or blemishes. Do you remember Samson? He, he said something about his heifer. Anybody read that? Come on, isn't that right? He said something about his heifer. Who was his heifer? His heifer was his co-partner in life. Yeah, somebody plowing with his heifer. There was somebody was messing with his other half. Okay, Adam. Okay, I'll, I'll say. I mean, in the in the in the metaphor, Adam is like the bull. Eve is like the heifer. Okay, come on, don't don't. Please don't, please don't neuter your Bible, please. <laughs> okay, so come on. You're smart enough to figure this one out? Okay, to figure this one out, he's the eternal Adam, you're the eternal Eve. And don't let anybody be plowing with his heifer. I'm just telling you, you are the body of Christ without spot, blemish, or wrinkle. And to prove it, he was the heifer. He was the body of Christ before you and I, but he was killed outside of the camp, given as a full offering, and then there's water. His word, what he says about you, is like sprinkling you with the, with the ashes of what he is and says, you're Eve. You're my partner. You're my co-reigning partner. You're my heifer, girl. You're the Proverbs 31 woman, gal. You're going to buy some real estate today, aren't you? Let me know at the end of the day. What did we buy, girl? What did we buy? And you say, well, Jesus, I bought a field. I entered into a relationship over here. He's, oh, I like it. I like it, honey. Okay. Any single guys looking? I think all the single guys are sick today. No, there's still a couple here. Okay. But any of the single guys who are looking for the Proverbs 31 woman or married guys, if you're looking for your wife to be a Proverbs 31 woman, you got to be one first. That means you've got to deal in the real estate of the earth on behalf of your husband, Jesus, who sits in the gate. Buy something, for goodness sakes. Make a decision. Weave something. Know who you are. I'm loved. I'm the beloved. He chose me. He picked me. <laughs> wow, what, what am I going to buy? Not, not what do I? Oh, I don't deserve to buy anything. Yes, you do. Okay. Now, the three that bear witness on earth then is the blood justifies you to live sprinkled with water. You're the body of Christ. That is the empowerment to live, and it's made possible by the Spirit. Now, 1 John chapter 4, John says this. He's talking to a church in the first century because he had an indication of what the church was going to become in the 21st century. He had an indication that pretty soon the church that had been birthed as a right-side-up church in an upside-down world was going to be tempted to become upside-down again. Anytime you live your life from the outside in, you're going to end up being upside-down. If you read your Bible from the outside in, you're going to be upside-down. 
you're looking to, where is that ministry that I'm going to have? And it's outside in. You're going to be upside down. You're going to see. Paul says, this, John says this in 1 John 4. Beloved, don't believe every spirit, but test the spirits whether they are of God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Many expressors, false expressors, false prophets, false expressions, false songs, false poems, false dance, false sound, false words, false speaking, false prophecy has gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses Jesus has come, has come. We're using two words in English for one Greek word here. It's incorrect to say, by this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ came in the flesh. That's an incorrect translation. That doesn't say came in the flesh. You have to use the word has come because the Greek tense of the word is not a past tense or a future tense. It's a perfect tense and an imperfect tense. Means that it's now and it's continuing to be. So any spirit that doesn't confess that Jesus Christ has come is not of God. Every spirit that says Jesus Christ has, has it came in the flesh, the devil has no problem if you believe Jesus came in the flesh. He has no problem if you believe Jesus is coming back in the future. Matter of fact, he's hoping to get you to be the church that testifies that he came 2,000 years ago and now you're going to live today warning people that he's coming back tomorrow. That's what he wants you to be. He wants you to be the church that separates Christ from being inside of you to Christ being something that was before you and Christ being something that's your future hope. He wants the kingdom of God to be something outside of you. And Jesus said the kingdom of God is inside of you. I wish we'd listen to these words. Luke chapter 17 verses 20 and 21. A Pharisee, Pharisaic lawyer. That's a smart one. Both a Pharisee and a lawyer. Sheesh. Talk about brain. Talk about thinker. Whoa. Outside in. You got it there, dude. A Pharisaic lawyer comes to Jesus. Okay. One day, the Pharisaic lawyer church came to Jesus. And the Pharisaic lawyer church says to Jesus, what will be the sign of the coming of your kingdom? What will be the sign of the coming of your kingdom? And Jesus responded, not Ted Hansen, Jesus responded, he said, the kingdom of God does not come by observation. Let me say that in a little more modern vernacular. The kingdom of God has nothing to do with any physical thing that you can see. The kingdom of God is inside of you. I wish we'd listen to the words of Jesus. We could throw out half of the foolish, stupid teaching that the church tries to do that makes the church look stupid to the world. Okay, don't tell me Jesus is coming back any moment until I see Jesus manifest in you tomorrow morning. Because the spirit that says Jesus has come in the flesh is of God. It's Christ in you that's the hope of glory. How is Jesus in you? 
Well, in John 17, he said, I'm praying that the same way the Father sent me, you're also going to be sent. So that where I am, you are. Where you are, I am. I'm going to abide in you, and you're going to abide in me. How in the world does he abide in you? He abides in you by the Spirit who testifies that the blood and the water is true for your life. That there's a testimony of the way, the truth, and the life in you. You're a son. You're a daughter of God. Let's lift this anchor. Let's be sharp with the sword of the Spirit. Let's cause this demon to set sail out from our lives. I am loved. I'm getting, I love you, flower. Come on, goodness sakes, we might get some sunshine this week and things will open up. Get in, I love you, flower. You know what those are? It's a Jesus flower. It's you. You get it, you take it, and you pull its petals. It says, he loves me. Second petal, he loves me. He loves me. And then, 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 then ch- I like pronouns. I like pronouns. I like proper pronouns. I don't like improper pronouns. Would we quit talking about him and start talking to him? So let's take this. Tomorrow morning, get you a flower. You love me. You love me. You love me. You love me. You really love me. You love me. Uh, Bonnie and I have a great teacher. Activates the voice of God within us. Uh, little Eleanor. She's probably looking online right now. And she, she was at the porch of their house. We dropped her off at the, at the, at the house. We gave her a jailbreak for a few hours and... We, we, at the port, she was out there, and she communicated very clearly to us, I love you. Okay? Now, she, she's got a revelation. Here's the revelation. She knows she was born to be loved by us. That's it. That's what makes her able to say, I love you. Because she's got a revelation. We were born to be loved by her. Man, that makes the world really good. I want you to get this in your spirit. Christ in you is the hope of glory. Any spirit that says Jesus has not come in your flesh is not of God. Any spirit that gets you to focus on what Jesus did or what Jesus is going to do in the future is going to get you off course. Did Jesus do something? Absolutely. The proof is in the pudding. You're it. Christ is in you. Is he going to do something in the future? Absolutely. Your proof in the pudding. Look, he began a good work in you. For goodness sakes, he keeps doing good stuff in spite of your mistakes. He began a good work in you. He's going to be faithful to complete it. So you've got to live from the inside out. You've got to activate this Christ within you. Now, we're about out of time. So just you've got a set of notes available there. And I've been preaching this message for some time now this year. God's been talking to me. He told me this was a year of peace. And so I acknowledge to him that I probably don't understand anything about peace. I told you the last time I I shared something. I said, if if God says something to you and it's concerning something you know something about, it means you don't know anything about it. Because if you do, you'll become God's teacher. And, and that really, you don't, you, you don't make a good teacher of God. <laughs> the best thing to do is when he says something to you, acknowledge that he wants to say something to you. <laughs> so if he says something to you, so he's told me this is a year of peace. 
man, if I'm looking at what's going on in the world, I'm going to say, oh, man, I missed that one. <laughs> hmm. I love this house. I love Pastor Jonathan and Danny because they are authentic. I love you because you're becoming, well, I love you anyway, but I love you because you're becoming authentic. And that's what God is doing. He's wanting there to be something that's very authentic, very connected. And I do believe that, we're, that, that there's great things happening right now in our lives and on the earth. Okay? <laughs> and God wants us to be strengthened in our inner man, not strengthened in our outer man, strengthened in our inner man. That will strengthen our outer man. Paul said, I'm praying that you would be strengthened in your inner man. You do not hear God with your soul. You hear God with your spirit, then your spirit speaks to your soul. It comes to you as thoughts, reasoning, imaginations, emotions, and desires. And where do those thoughts, reasonings, imaginations, and emotions and desires come from? They come from inside of you out. But where did they originate? They originated in your spirit joined to the spirit of God. You see, you have the mind of Christ. And that's your right mind. But you've got to get your right mind into your wrong mind. And you can't get outside stuff into your wrong mind and make your wrong mind right. It doesn't work that way. You'll make your wrong mind even more wrong. You have to let... Your spirit be energized by Holy Spirit. You need to come up with your dance. My dance is I wake up in the morning. I normally put my running shoes on. I run six miles, but I'm not just running six miles. I'm praying in the spirit. I'm got worship music in my ears. I'm running my six miles. I might count a few rabbits that I run by, but I'm also praying. I'm, I'm stirring up my spirit. First thing I do in the day, stir up my spirit. Okay. Sometimes my wife will say to me in the living room, what was that? I mean, I'll be sitting in my chair. Huh? Mm, mm. That means God just said something to me. <laughs> huh? What was that? <laughs> oh, my. You know, God says stuff from the inside out. And it, your spirit lifts. It bears witness with Christ in you. The spirit that says Jesus has come in the flashes of God. The spirit that says the life giver has come in you. That's life. If it doesn't sound like life from the inside out, it's not God. If it doesn't inspire faith. By the way, the opposite of faith is not fear. The opposite of faith is natural sight. Oh, thank you, Jesus, that the world is such a terrible-looking place. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. That way, the only way that make it right side up is to be a son or a daughter of God. Otherwise, humans could do it without God. Creation is a teacher, but it's an informational teacher, not a transformational teacher. The most that the rock or the tree can tell you 
is there is a God, but can't tell you who he is. Only the Spirit of God in your spirit can tell you who you are. It's the Spirit of the Lord. It's duck easy. I haven't used that phrase in a while, but it's duck easy. You know, you know who guides the duck? The Spirit of the Lord. But he, he, the Spirit of the Lord doesn't guide the duck to be a human. He guides the duck to be a duck. In the fall, the duck goes south. Why? It's in the duck from the inside out to know to go south. In the spring, it comes back north. You know why? It's inside the duck to know when it's spring to come back north. Right now, creation is waking up. I think it's May. May we have summer now? I'm pretty sure it is May. May we have sunshine now? <laughs> but things wake up. But, but the creation itself is being made alive by God. Now, creation cannot make you alive. You can walk in creation, it can make you feel good, but it cannot make you alive. It can only point to the one who makes you alive. But the voice of God is the inside-out voice to be strengthened in the inner man. Your scripture can't make you alive, but it can point to the one who does make you alive. And so you should spend time in the expressions of God so that you can become an expression of God from the inside out, not from the outside in. If you read the Bible... From the outside in, it'll make you religious, mean, angry, and not fun to be around. If you connect to the word from the inside out, you just might become something of the word. But don't connect to just don't connect to just any author, for goodness sakes. Okay, you know, it, it, creation speaks of God. That's God's creation. But if you're going to go hang around man's creation and think that speaks to you of God, it doesn't. It speaks to you of man. So we could go down to some of the, let's go down to some place that's just entrenched in crime, poverty, and the consequence of man's disconnection. Let's go to that place right now. You're going to go there? Now, the only thing you can learn right there is you really need God. That's one thing you can learn. But there's nothing there that can tell you who God is. <laughs> okay, so outside in doesn't work. I've got to be an inside out person. So how do I wrap this up? Uh, Ephesians 3, read it. Ephesians 3, pray it this week. 14 through 20, God, give me a revelation of what does that mean to be strengthened in my inner man. Revelation 1, 4 through 7, get a revelation of Jesus Christ. Did you know he's standing in your life? He's standing in your life. How do you know he's there? He's the one who speaks behind you. He's the one who motivates you. He motivates you. He doesn't inform you telling you what to do. He motivates you to be who you are. And how do you know that's his voice? Because he doesn't tell you what to do. He inspires you to turn and to see him. And when you see him, you know what happens? You become like him a little more. 
You become something of the expression of God because you are kings and priests. You've been washed by his blood. You've been sanctified. That's what Revelation 1. Get a revelation of Jesus in your life. You've been sanctified. You've been washed. Oh, God, give us a revelation of Jesus in our lives. He likes me. He loves me. He Stand up with me, for goodness sakes. <laughs> I'm trying to get this in your this week, you got to find your dance. My dance is I wake up in the morning, I do my run, I get God, I start stirring God in my heart. Now, don't be religious, just be real, for goodness sakes. But be you. Christ is in me. Christ is in me. And I'm going to turn and I'm going to see who's inside of me. And then I'm going to live from the inside out. I'm going to live. I, I'm going I'm to do exceedingly. He's going to do exceedingly above and beyond all that I can ask or think according to his power that works in me. It's not according to the power that I don't allow to work. He's able to do exceedingly abundantly above and beyond all that I can ask or think according to his power that works in me. Not according to, God, when are you going to send your power to work? That's outside in. He's not going to send his power for you to work. He doesn't want to take you by the hand and lead you. He wants you to wake up, you sleeper. He wants you to arise from the dead. He wants you to understand that you live from the inside out. He loves me. He loves me. Shame off of you. He loves you. He loves me. He loves me. He loves me. Come on. He loves me. He loves me. I'm not going to let circumstances tell me who I am. I'm not going to let my world tell me who I am. I'm going to tell my circumstances who I am. I'm going to tell my world who I am. My circumstances need me to show up. My world needs me to manifest. My world, the upside down world needs me to show up. And I live from the inside out. The fruit of the spirit comes from the inside out. The power of the spirit comes from the inside out. The mind of Christ comes from the inside out. Peace comes from the inside out. Life comes from the inside out. I am part of the body of Christ. I'm a piece of bread with feet. I'm a walking piece of bread. I am a walking piece of the bread of life sent down from heaven to bring life to the world. Now, cast your bread on the waters. Give portions to seven and even to eight. In the morning, don't withhold your seed. In the noon, don't withhold it. Don't consider the clouds. Don't withhold your bread. How do you know whether that will be blessed or that or both? So don't withhold your seed. That's my life right there. Wake up running. I have a philosophy. God, I'm going to wake up tomorrow. I'm going to wake up running. You need to show up. I'm going to make you look bad. I Seriously, I have lived by that principle for decades now, and it works out pretty good. But you know, in that, you got to be willing to change. you got to be willing to let some stuff go. We've got to let the outside in stuff go whatever you're anchored to that's outside of you if you're the ship and the anchor's in the sand let go of the sand let the anchor loose 
and trust who he is today. So, Father, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Now, I think we maybe we gather in some groups here for a second. Just turn around, find somebody. And I want you just to bless one another. Just to, to bless one another. If you have a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom or somebody needs a healing, okay, just connect with somebody and just pray for one another. Prophesy, pray, minister to one another. Be the body of Christ online. If you're doing this right now and you're, you're in your living room right now, I speak life to you. The call that life will come in Jesus' name. Just release that life.